Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. We're so glad that you're here today. We are back actually live. So if you got questions, comments, thoughts, put them in the chat. If you're watching this after the fact, put them in the comments or send us an email at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. We're happy to respond to you and answer your questions. We're so grateful for today's show because we've got a great, great guest and I'm going to introduce him in just a second. But before I do that, if you have any thoughts about the show, you've got a guest you'd like to recommend, you've got an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover or ways that we could just improve the show, let us know. We want to make sure we're making the best content for you, for your purposes, to make it really easy for you to watch it, to listen to it and just to take it in and, and learn and continue your kind of voyage of, of growing and making videos and using images. So send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. With that said, let me introduce today's guest. Today's guest is Jeff Batt. Jeff Batt has 15 years of experience in the digital learning and media industry. Currently, he's a learning experience designer for Amazon. He's also the founder of Learning Dojo, a company dedicated to training you to become a software ninja in various e-learning, web, and mobile-related software applications on YouTube and Udemy. Jeff has also helped run the learning industry leading conference, DevLearn, and has been a learning and development manager for various other companies. Jeff often speaks on XAPI, HTML, augmented reality, mobile development, video and more technologies. And with that said, it's my great privilege and pleasure to welcome Jeff Batt to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. So, so Jeff, we often say to people when they, we do these introductions and their introductions are awesome because they say lots, but is there anything we should know about you before we, we jump into our conversation today? <laughs> um, well, I, I can see that you have the uh, Luke Skywalker helmet in the background. So um, you and I have talked several times, but I'm a big comic book nerd, um, especially the movies. So Marvel nerd, DC, uh, Superman. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you that's probably the thing that I like to talk the most about is all of my different collections and stuff that I have. So definitely nerd out that way. So. And I'll have to say that we are background buddies because we have That's the true. same same tiles behind us, slightly displayed differently, which shows its flexibility. But uh, Jeff, well, we can talk about the helmet towards the end of the show. It's pretty cool. I have not showed it off on the show. Uh, it makes sound. It's that's all I'm going to say. It makes sound. Oh, it's pretty. pretty I have cool. the I have the Poe Dameron one, and also the Kylo Ren one, and also the Mandalorian one. So. I've got plenty. <laughs> so. All right. So Jeff, Jeff is all in on the Star Wars. Well, Jeff, thank you for being here today. We're going to talk about your experience of growing as a video creator because uh, the things that you're doing today look really good. They're really informative. You've become uh, fairly well known, I think, kind of industry wide about for making good videos. And obviously we want people to check out your stuff some more. But um, so let's go. Let's go back, back to the beginning. And okay. what's the first video you ever made? Tell us a little bit about it. And I'm sure there's lots you look yeah. back on and cringe and say, I wish I never would have done that. But tell us a little bit about it. Well, that, like, are we going way back? Like when I started just making videos in general? Like, well, even before? like what was, yeah, what was your first video? And then maybe what was the first video you did that you would considered uh, quote unquote professional? Professional. Okay. So in high school, I, the way I got started with video is I actually started making stupid I was in a lot of plays and so I had a lot of friends that were willing to to act for me and I just started making stupid videos. Um, uh, we called one because of my last name, Bats, we called one Batman and Heifer. <laughs> so instead of Robin, a young cow. Um, and so we would we would run around just making up a bunch of stuff and then I would edit it and put it together and, and display it and um, love the reactions that people gave me off of those. So that's what got me interested in video. And then after high school, I started making uh, um, a lot of wedding videos. And so I started doing a little bit of that, um, which got me uh, introduced to a little bit more um, of that. But professionally, when I started, um, I started to fall in love with teaching. I, I was helping out with a conference called eLearning DevCon. Um, and I started just teaching people how to do stuff. And so I decided, you know, I want to, I want to, show these. I want to actually create videos and show them. Um, and so I started my YouTube channel actually years ago before I was consistently publishing it to it. And I did just simple. Uh, I remember some were like on flash, uh, how to do a couple different things that'll date me the flash days, but like, uh, how to do different things in flash and stuff. And I wasn't consistent 
with my post or anything, but I just wanted to get it out there. And then really kind of what brought like up to my development from there was um, I decided to help pay off student loans. I wanted to publish a course to Udemy. Um, and so creating content for Udemy was like my really initial push into uh, doing a lot of the video development stuff. So that's great. So jumping forward, what, what type of videos are you creating nowadays? We're, we're doing this kind of level set. Who is Jeff Bat? What does he do? So what kind yeah. of videos are you making currently? Yeah, so I, I've done a lot of videos, uh, training videos for uh, Pluralsight. I've done about seven different courses there. And those are full courses. Each course has like 30 different or more videos inside of it. Um, I've done Udemy. I'm creating content still on Udemy. I update my courses. I have courses on Storyline, Camtasia, or not Camtasia, I'm working on that one, but uh, Captivate. Um, I have courses on just web developments. Um, I graduated actually, I came into this learning and development world a little bit differently. I graduated as a web developer. And um, so I learned Flash, I learned HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, and so I created a, a lot of my initial courses based on just HTML, JavaScript, um, CSS, bootstrap, different things like that. Um, and so I, and then I kind of fell into the uh, learning and development world through a software company called Rapid Intake at the time. Um, and they're no longer around. They got bought out. But um, but that's where I, I met uh, eLearning Brothers, the founders of eLearning Brothers when they were first starting out. Um, and uh, started helping them create a lot of the content. Uh, but then it just, it got back, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of e-learning developments and speaking at conferences, teaching people how to use software. And I just wanted to expand it. I wanted to um, get more content out there. And so that's really where I started creating more with Udemy um, and did a little here and there with YouTube. <clears throat> but a couple of and um, a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to really do a big push for YouTube uh, and start creating uh, consistent weekly YouTube videos. And that's where I really, because before I was doing more of just screen, record, screen recording, like screencasts with voice. And so I didn't really need a lot of equipment when I was doing that. In fact, my first microphone is right there um, <laughs> that I have. I display that proudly because that kind of helped me pay off a lot of uh, my student loans and everything. But, but that was my first microphone was that blue Yeti. Um, but then once I decided to do the YouTube stuff is really where I, I, I figured that I wanted to get serious with, with equipment and my studio. And that, that was about two years ago where I decided I'm going to post weekly. Um, and so that's, uh, there's been an evolution of my studio and my in-person uh, on on camera um, videos as well has been the, the last two years. Before that, I didn't actually, I didn't like being on camera yeah, besides, you know, when I was a teenager, just acting stupid. But um, I, I decided that I wanted to have a little bit more of a on-camera presence and stuff. So Awesome. So Jeff, as you've gone through this kind of evolution, obviously, uh, you know, you've, you've had to grow a lot, learn a lot. You, you brought in some, probably some fantastic skills from your web development um, what, what has been probably, as you look kind of back over your experience, what's been the most difficult aspect of just learning to get better at video kind of generally a high level? What's, what's that challenge been? Oh yeah, there's, there's been a lot if for the, I mean, I could focus in on the camera part of it, like on camera. When I initially started out, I didn't have a nice DSLR camera or anything like that. I just started out with my iPhone. And so trying to figure out the the video, I mean, I, I could do video, obviously I had a background in that too, but trying to figure out the best quality, especially with lighting um, and also my audio, getting my audio in there and getting that to sound good as well as my, um, my video here to sound good. That was probably the biggest challenge was, was the lighting because my initial videos on camera, you can see a bunch of shadows uh, in the background. And it was like really harsh shadows of like, I was trying to, you know, put plants and other things there. But the lighting that I had, I had like a ring light and I didn't realize, you know, how to get rid of those shadows. Um, and it's it's evolved since then. And I've, I've figured out how to, you know, different equipment that I need to to get rid of that. But that's probably been my biggest challenge has been 
um, getting the right lighting and getting the right setup. And I'm, I feel like I'm not even quite there yet. I feel like I'm still kind of constantly tweaking and, and adjusting and, and doing different things like that. But that that's over the last two years has been my biggest challenge. But the, you know, even before then, uh, another challenge was just like, uh, I know with Pluralsight, you know, figuring out if I needed to script my content or not script my content or um, to make it sound authentic or fluid as well. That that was a huge challenge for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but I love the point that you're making about this. It's progression. It's not this, like you, you woke up one day and you had everything you, uh, you know, took your kind of a two year point in that journey. And I'm, I'm curious, like, I think it's important. We let's talk about your tech stack, if you will. Uh, you uh-huh. mentioned, you know, getting, going to DSLR. And I, I mean, I usually recommend that's like one of my last steps going from a, a phone, you know, uh-huh. we, as we always say in the visual lounge, microphone, lighting, then camera, um, but for you, what, where, like, I think I want to put it in perspective. What are you using kind of, you know, I obviously you have some lights, you have a camera, you have a microphone, but you don't have to get super nerdy specific, but I'm curious if you could tell us like maybe the order and, and why did you choose to do that? Like, why was it worth the investment at this point? Yeah. Um, and I don't mind getting nerdy, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I started out, and I agree, I 100% agree with you on the audio. Audio is like one of the first things that you need to figure out. Um, if your audio or your video sounds bad, I mean, that's a quick and easy way for someone to turn around and just, you know, leave your video. But, and because I was doing more screen recordings initially, I wanted to figure out my audio and get a good audio sound. And so the first uh, audio or device that I got, the microphone that I got was the Blue Yeti. And that served me well. And I kind of, um, I have like a little, um, um, what's the arm, the boom arm yep. um, that I hooked to it. And I would put like a little pop filter right there as well. One thing I found with the Blue Yeti though, is it picks up so much. It picks mm-hmm. up a lot. So I had to turn it down to almost just even slightly be up a little bit. Um, and so that way it would only pick up my voice and then I would talk really close to the microphone to get that, that nice sound. Um, and that again, served me well for a while, but then I started to, um, once I had paid off student loans, I started to want to improve my audio a little bit more. So for, if I'm just doing screen recordings, I use the Shure SM7B, uh, what I got. Um, and again, if you don't have the budget for this kind of stuff, the Blue Yeti is perfect, especially, you know, like you're starting out, use your iPhone initially, but eventually you're going to want to get to, you know, nicer to uh, help you improve stuff. But the short SM7B, if I'm not on camera, is what I use. I use the Sennheiser um, shotgun mic. Um, I think it's the 816, I believe. That's just kind of right off the camera here. Um, I use um, the lighting, <clears throat> these Godex, um, Godox, I believe, um, I found on Amazon. And those, I think, were just a couple hundred dollars, actually. Those were probably my favorite, have been my favorite lights with, like, the soft boxes. I have a big soft box right here or diffuser. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the right term. We, we just had an episode about lighting. So that's uh, everyone, okay. <laughs> for, for anyone who didn't see it, go back and you can learn about diffusion. And I, I don't think we talked yeah. about or showed off soft boxes, but yeah, we, the concept is, is out there in the universe for people to learn about. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I am going bald. I'll admit that, but I, I do have a shiny head that just comes from my, my dad. And so the, the fuser helps with it. So it's not so shiny on the camera as well. Um, I have one right here too. So I have two of those Godox um, lights and those, I love those things. They, you can adjust the brightness of it. Um, I do have another one that's just kind of lighting up the background, but that's a newer uh, panel. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a circle panel that's lighting that up. Um, I found this on Amazon as well. I really like this uh, light. It has some nice kind of like artistic light bulbs in it. Um, and then these little poles right here. So you have this red one right here. This is a nan light um, tube light. So or I think it's nan light. I'd have to look it up. But and then I have one right here, kind of this blue one. Um, I wanted to add just kind of some color to my background, similar to how, how you have it as well. And I um, someone that I really like as I, I go to it's like my go to guy for video is Tom Buck um, on YouTube. If you look him up, 
yeah, I saw a couple different videos of him talking about these NAND lights and I'm like, Ooh, that'd be really cool to have in the background. So, yeah. Well, well, Jeff, so here's the thing that I think often comes up because we have a, people that might be listening to the show are on a, a scale of, I'm just getting started and I'm making lots, probably where you did lots of screen recording content. And we've got people who are also doing YouTube videos like you are kind of the gamut, right? So, um, if you were starting again and you were giving yourself a go back in time, you get the DeLorean got up to 88 miles an hour and you got to give yourself uh, some advice. Would, what would you tell yourself about particularly about gear? And then we'll talk about other stuff because yeah. there's only so much yeah. we can talk about. Yeah, definitely start out with a blue Yeti. If you don't have um, a nice microphone, I would get a blue Yeti. They're still kind of one of the top of the lines. Um, if you have a little bit more money to spend, the Shure SM7B is a great microphone, and but I think it's like four hundred dollars or so. Mm -hmm. um, but the Blue Yeti, I think, is under a hundred dollars. You can get that for under a hundred. But the the investment, if you need to make an investment, and I forgot to mention this, the best audio investment that I ever made was this uh, Rode Procaster. Okay. Um, and so you can plug in your different microphones, um, and it has like four different. I don't think I can. There we go. Try to <laughs> we plug can, it. Okay. We, we can barely see it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it has so, like four different XLR inputs, right? And yeah. so you can plug any of your um, devices in there and then you can adjust like the volume in here. But the, the thing that it helped me out with the most is it just, uh, it, it's a condenser. So it actually goes in and, and helps amplify my audio a little bit more. And so I have that always off to the side and that's actually been if I had to start out with something, I would get a nice microphone and I would get this uh, Rode Procaster to begin with. Um, for lights, you can get like a simple ring light as well. That's what I initially started out with. Um, or the ring light, you know, if you can get like this Godox lights, um, if you have a little bit more budget, I would do that um, if I had to start over again. So. Yeah. And I'll just say for anyone who's watching, while we don't mention all the things that uh, Jeff specifically is has listed, we do have our, our gear guide that we've shared out in the past. You can go check out. Uh, we've done an episode about some of the cool stuff. Maybe we'll have to add some of these to our future want lists. Yeah. Uh, Cause it looks pretty, <laughs> that looks pretty cool. The mixer, I've just got a baby little mixer and uh, not quite as nice, but uh, so, so Jeff, we have a question that came in that I want to ask, and this is from Garth and Garth is asking, what is the one thing that you see lots of people worry about or work on that has the least impact on videos? What waste of time should people avoid? So obviously people are making videos. There's lots of things you could do, but what do you see is like, as you look at kind of across learning development or just kind of video space in general, what are people wasting time on that you, they, you think they could avoid, especially if they're new? Um, I'll, I'll say this for me. I don't know if it applies for everybody, but um, I, I see that a lot of people are trying to get it perfect um, to begin with. And I, I don't think that happens to begin with. Again, I posted something on my Twitter and it was my um, on January 12th of this year. I posted like a picture of my evolution of like my different stages of you can see like the harsh shadows that I was talking about. Um, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have started. I mean, I, I shouldn't have waited until I had the nice SLR or DSLR or anything like that. And so I think that's one hesitation is people just are trying to get the perfect equipment before they even start. But also one thing that I always thought is like, I had to script out my content. I had to know specifically what uh, every word that I was going to say. Um, but I don't think, you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching software, I don't, it sounds too robotic when I script out. And so it's more, you know, coming up with different bullet points and things that you want to talk about, but it's also just practicing. Like I know the more that I teach something, the better that I get at explaining it. Like, so I teach on a variety of different um, topics, but the one topic that I teach on probably the most is articulate storyline. And so articulate storyline, I can go and I can talk about that you know, at any point I can go teach a lesson on Articulate Storyline and it comes out fluid. It comes out, you know, less us and ums and stuff like that. It's because I've done it so much. I've practiced mm -hmm. it a lot. Um, but the ones that I'm just learning uh, and I want to, you know, get better at, you can tell I'm, I'm using, uh, I'm using um a lot more as well, but I'm also able to edit those out and make it sound better <laughs> uh, post edit. But it's just, I, 
I think that fluidity, I mean, the fluidity, if that's the right word, um, it comes from the more that you actually do it. So the, the first time I ever gave like a conference session, it was horrible. I got a lot of bad feedback about it, but I wanted to get better. I really had this desire to improve and it just comes from practice. It comes from trying it, uh, speaking it out loud, uh, you know, sharing it with somebody else, you know, pulling up Camtasia, hitting record and practicing it um, and, and just posting it out there and getting feedback from there. Um, and just improving. I mean, you're going to get some, I still to this day get some negative comments about, you know, oh, you should have done this or you should have done that or instructionally you should have followed this and stuff. And, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that's fine. Look at feedback as a way to improve. It's, it's not that you failed. It's not that you messed up. It's just, okay, this is good. This is an area that I can improve and, you know, go in and practice some more or, or try a different video or try a different approach or try some animations or other things like that. I, one of the, my best ways to learn an application is to start teaching it. And I, I learn how to actually uh, use an application by trying to explain it to someone else. So I post videos of applications that, you know, I just want to get better at. I just want to, to, to learn more and stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's just kind of my thoughts coming from that is like, you know, you don't have to have it scripted perfectly. You don't have to be perfect. And um, when you initially do it, but the more practice and the more times you do it and the more times you explain it, the better you're going to get at it. And so. Oh, I, lo I love it. And I think it actually goes kind of really well with the next question I had in mind is, you know, as you've been doing this, gears, gears, one thing, and you can level up your gear gears. I think we talked kind of pre-show that gear is a, uh, and it's a money investment, right? Like yeah. you can get better gear and you have to know how to use it, but you can always get better gear if you have the money, but what you can't get with money is necessarily better process. And it sounds like you've, you've, you've evolved a little bit, you know, you've said you don't, you realize you didn't need a script, but what else in your kind of journey of making these kind of particularly learning videos, what in your process else has changed that's maybe helped you to get faster or to make better better videos or maybe even more consistent videos? Are there tips or ideas you'd give us? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge has been my blog posts. And so Udemy and uh, Pluralsight, um, it does take a couple weeks of effort to create those. And I have to map them out, take the different modules and, okay, here's the different parts that I wanted to cover in each of those modules. But a lot of the times when I'm done with a Udemy course or a Pluralsight course, I don't have to worry about it. It's just more that I go back and I answer questions. But so the more the process that's more consistent is the the YouTube, the blog posts that I do every week. And so I constantly have to be thinking about like, okay, what's next? What can I do that's different than my my online courses? Um, and so my process in that has kind of changed a little bit compared to creating a Udemy course. And so I have a capture, um, I have Trello is where I do a lot of kind of my initial thought process, but I also have a little widget that anytime I'm out and about, uh, there is, uh, you can do this on an iPhone where you can create little widgets where it will actually create, um, like right now, if I just click on it, it pops open with like, I know it blurs it out, but uh, <laughs> it pops open with like, okay, here's a potential blog post. Um, and so mm -hmm. I just write that down real quick. Okay. Oh, it'd be cool to do the one that I did yesterday was like on how to send a score from a game in storyline to your LMS. And I was just, that, that was, as I was teaching, uh, I also teach at uh, a university here, but as I was teaching, I'm like, Oh, that'd be a good blog post. And so I quickly just pulled out my phone and I, and I wrote that down. So once I have those blog posts in my backlog, then I start to uh, look at them each week and I start to move over. Okay, I think I can do this one. I, I think I can do that one and start making some notes and outlines of what I want to do. And so I move that in my Trello board from backlog to in progress um, or actually in planning is what I do. And then, then I start, that's where I start to make my notes and re like prioritize it and which ones I want to work on next are usually up on the top. And then when I start to, um, start to think about filming them, I film each of my blog posts. Um, I take a Saturday cause I do it learning dojo stuff as my side work. And so I take a Saturday and I do three on in one Saturday. 
And so I will set up my studio, um, turn on all the lights, hit record, and then I will go through that outline showing people how to do stuff. Now, I, I record um, my video and my audio separate and my screen recording separate as well. And so I have three files basically at the end of that, each of those recordings that I place inside of a folder. Um, then I move that Trello card over to post-production because that's uh, the next step that I need to do is kind of go in and, and edit and write mm -hmm. up the, the description for it and stuff. Um, and so that's, I don't know if this is too much detail. No, this but, is great. <laughs> keep going. Um, and so then, okay, so once I've recorded, I have three folders basically in my Dropbox. Um, and so I don't actually edit my uh, blog posts until the weekend before. Um, and so the one that just came out on Tuesday, I was editing last Saturday. Um, and so I edit that and then I release it on that uh, Tuesday. So I'm, I'm always doing something uh, each week, but I only have to do the recording, you know, every three weeks, basically. Um, but by editing, I mean, I could probably knock all the editing out at once, but the editing um, I do just to kind of keep fresh and then I prep the thumbnails and stuff. Um, now I record my screen in Camtasia and I record my audio in Adobe Audition. Um, and because I can do the noise removal a little bit better in, in my audio there. And then uh, my DSLR, which is a Sony camera, which I love because it kind of blurs out the background and stuff. Um, that I then take all three of those files and I sync them up inside of Final Cut. And so Final Cut has a really nice feature to be able to do a multi-cam Mm -hmm. uh, that will actually take all your, your screen recording, your audio and your video, and it will use audio from all three of those and it will use it to sync up. And so now I have my Camtasia recording and my live video synced up together. So all I have to do in final cut is switch between my camera, my live camera and my screen, uh, just by hitting one and two. So I just go through, it's pretty easy to do post edit. Um, it, Editing my video once I've recorded it with that method of the multicam only takes me maybe like an hour or so uh, mm -hmm. on that Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, and so I export it out, take a screenshot, do a little, I have a thumbnail template that I just basically cut myself out um, in order to put myself in front of the color background that I have and stuff. So, yeah. So overall, <clears throat> I mean, it takes the recording three videos, maybe takes a couple of like two to three hours. And then each week of the editing for each video probably takes an hour to prep everything and write. So, and that's, that's the process that I use is kind of capturing it with Trello, moving it through the different cards and stages, and then um, releasing it and basically archiving all my footage at that point. So, well, first of all, we want to know when Jeff sleeps ever uh, <laughs> with all the things you yeah. mentioned you, you do. Uh, but no, I love I love that, that you've got that down. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the the hidden talent that's found in with people that are really good with video. And I, I do not count myself among them. But like I see this with our video producer, Andy Owen, uh, and our other video producer, uh, Katie Idelson. They're really good at that dedication, like kind of hold into the line of the things they need to do. So that's, it's an impressive process, but I, you know, I think one of the things I hear often as maybe a counter to when, why people should do video is how long it takes. Oh, it's going to take so long. But yeah. what you've just kind of illustrated is that like, well, it doesn't have to take that long. And I think there's some real benefits to not having it. Uh, you know, I think recording and editing all together makes it feel hard because you get, you need a little bit of space. You need a little bit of, a time, I think, between recording something, being on camera yeah. and then watching yourself. So I think there's, but there's lots of really great ideas I heard in there that anyone could benefit from. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up that you mentioned that I think is really important is the, just the idea of that you become the expert, right? And, and I, that's where it gets tricky sometimes because sometimes we, we can't be the expert in all things in our organization. We just need to be the voice or the, the face or whatever. Um, but I love that kind of mentality that as you, you're going to learn, uh, and they don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Cause how yeah, many times have you been at a business? They said, well, no, nah, it's gotta be perfect. <laughs> We're worried about yeah. it not being perfect. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole agile flow or even methodology is not to produce something that's perfect. Uh, that's more 
to try to produce something that's perfect, that's out of the box, that's more of the waterfall methodology, in my opinion, uh, if to kind of compare it to project management, where you're, you're trying to get every step and everything actually perfect there. But agile is different. Agile is like, let's produce something quick. Let's get it out there. Let's take lessons learned. Let's now, we can go back and reiterate it. We can publish out a new version, stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's more of a, an, as an improvement. And I've, I've looked at this, you know, that process may seems, <clears throat> excuse me, may seem simple, but I've, I've been doing this for at least the in-person videos for two years. I've been doing other video development for, you know, over 10 years, you know, different things like that. So it's, but if I was afraid to do it to, um, until I knew everything about it, like knew all the applications, I wouldn't have gotten started. Um, so the lessons come from actually trying it and 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 getting it out there and learning the lessons and but not not being afraid to fail. I mean, if you fail, that's fine. That's a lesson learned. And so it's a it's a different type of mentality of saying, okay, I didn't do so good in this or I didn't do good in that. Let's improve it. And that's that's the drive in me. That's really the reason why I keep doing it is because I want to get better. I want mm-hmm. to I want to have this process better. I want to have better lighting and a better studio. Uh, it's not for any type of, um, you know, just to make me better or to make me look better, but it's more of like, I just, it's a skill that I, I just want to be better at and stuff. And so, and um, I, you know, I couldn't go on to like a movie studio set and just say, hey, give, let me do stuff. I would have it. This is a chance for me to kind of learn it on my own and, and do better and improve and, and, and it, I mean, you have, I mean, if you work on it, you will improve. So, well, I mean, maybe they'll let you on if you bring them your, your brilliant proposal of Batman and Heifer, <laughs> the movie. Batman and Hef- yes. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a thing. Although Batman was spelled with two T's. So we weren't trademark. That's right. That's right. You gotta, gotta be careful there. But yep. so, so Jeff, one of the things you talked about is you have kind of like your YouTube courses or YouTube videos that you make, but you also mentioned making courses for like Udemy and Pluralsight. And when I look at the Udemy and Pluralsight, there, you mentioned, you know, you got to break them up and you've got to kind of do that a little bit different. Help us understand, because I think I think a lot of us in the corporate world are probably leaning towards more. We're not we do one off videos, but there's sometimes we're having to do more of a course video. And of course, we know from you probably heard about this at DevLearn, the conference that you yeah. were helping run for a little bit. It's like micro learning, lots of, you know, lots of pieces. So how how do you structure maybe that? that creation differently if you do when you're thinking about like multiple pieces of content, small pieces of content versus like a singular YouTube video. Is it different in any way that things that you do or plan? Yeah, it's quite different actually. So it's, um, I still use Trello. Trello is like my think board. Basically I use Trello for ever, whenever I'm planning something out. And the reason why I do that is because you can take these different cards and you can easily manipulate them and move them and and adjust them. So typically what I'll do for plural sites or Udemy, it's kind of the same process here, is I'll I'll try to outline the big topics, the big picture items. And that usually becomes my modules. Now, granted, I came into the learning and development world as from a web development standard. So I was actually never trained as an instructional designer and I'm I fully admit that. Um, but so it's this is kind of you're my safe own with process. us. It's okay. okay. It's, you're okay. safe. It's good. <laughs> okay. Um, and so that's I, so I try to like take the big steps. Okay, like you know, animation, animation inside of storyline. There's a lot to animation, and so that by might be its own chapter in itself. Uh, triggers, triggers. There's a lot to it because you're starting to talk about conditionals and vari- variables and other things like that. The kind of you know go into this, um, into this trigger. So like the interactivity basically. And so I, I map out those big concepts first of all, and those become my modules usually. And even a lot of the times I start out with more modules than I'll end up needing. And so, but that's, that's okay. This is my thought process. Um, and then in each of those modules, I start to think about what's important to know about animation. Um, and I'm just using that as an example, right? So animation, you need to know how to like add an entrance animation for storyline and an exit animation for storyline. Um, but even with coding, you know, my plural site courses are more on coding. 
Um, if you're going to talk about components, components and how to use different types of interactive components like buttons or, or switches or other accordions or anything like that, you can kind of wrap them up into this, this module. Um, and so you start to find these kind of related um, components that go into your, your chapter, module, chapter, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, but the reason why I like Trello is because I can decide, oh, I put, um, I put the button component in this chapter, but it actually fits better in this chapter, and I can easily just kind of move that back and forth. Um, and so as I start to map out these cards with Trello, when you select on it, you can then add a description. And so that's where I add my outline of like what I would cover in that video, because each card to me kind of becomes a what's going to become a video in, um, in the course. So if you're not familiar with Udemy or Pluralsight or even LinkedIn Learning, usually when you go to a video course, there's a little uh, menu on the side that has chapters and, and then videos in each side, each of those. Um, and so that's really what I'm creating is, is those different um, video components, uh, what's going to be covered in each of those videos. And so, but then you have to keep in mind that each of those videos, you know, you probably don't want to have too long. Um, you have to make sure you cover the topic. Um, but in a way, it's also important to cover, you know, allow it so it's you can come back to it because if I'm if for example I've I've uh, gone through several um, iOS courses I want to get better at uh, iOS development that's kind of my what I what I've been learning but there's times where I go back and I'm I'm trying to learn something and I and I want to say oh I I can't remember how to do this button or how to add this action and so I'm going to go back to that LinkedIn course LinkedIn Learning course or something or Udemy course. And I'm going to go find that video again. If you create the video so it's kind of self, I mean, usually you kind of build upon it. But also if you create the video that it's um, a little bit more self-containing, the person can get the idea uh, in that video of how to go in and, and do that. That's, I mean, it's a hard balance. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't um, on that. But it, it's important to know that they may be self-standing videos, but they also may be part of a flow as well. So yeah, well, one I, thing, I, I, well, I, oh, lo I love it so far, right? Cause I think it's really breaking down the, the kind of that, that structure and thinking about like, how do, like, what do I do with these little pieces and, and thinking, you know, cause you have to think through how they, if they're going to be together, why does button come before switch or switch before yeah. button or whatever it might be? And so I love that you're thinking through and you're doing a very module kind of agile approach that, well, the button really belongs over here. And in theory, you could create that video and then still move it. If it, yeah. if it if needed. Yeah, unless you're building upon it, like you had to do this before you did this right. type of thing. But if you're, I mean, it depends on the course. Uh, that initially, when I built courses for Udemy, I was very just like, and this is how I like to learn specifically. And so this is kind of why I did this, but I found out, you know, it didn't flow as well. Um, I just wanted to show you the different features. And so my first course, my first Udemy course was on Storyline 1. This is years ago when version one of storyline but i just wanted to go in there and i wanted to show you okay here's how a button works but i didn't put it in the context of the layout mm -hmm. i didn't put it in you know how it kind of builds upon how i would use that button inside of a regular page and so i just said here's how you use a button here's how you change the color of the button here's how you add a text and so i in a way, I, and I got some good feedback on that because in a way it's like, I can go, if I want to learn how to do storyline buttons, I can go right to that. I don't have to have any type of other context of, you know, what else happened before. Um, and I, and I liked that personally, because sometimes when I would take a LinkedIn or a lynda.com course back in the day, um, I didn't, they like skipped some steps. Like, how did you create that, that layout? How did you get to this point of the example files, but instead they just gave you an example file that was already kind of 50% done or something. Um, and so I wanted to focus more on the functionality, but what I've kind of changed since that, because now um, what I found is people want to have like a, an example course, like for storyline example, for that example, but they want to have something at the end of the course that they could show. Um, and so now my approach is, is different where I'm like, okay, we're going to build a sample course and we're going to take, um, we're going to, you know, everything about interactivity, 
or just regular page layouts, we're going to do that in module one. But we're talking about adding pages. We're talking about renaming pages, other things like that. So they all kind of flow there. But then then you're going to add on to that with interactivity. So it's, I don't know, there's a flow to it. And that's why I like using Trello because I can rearrange things before I'm about to record. Uh, but then Trello, each card has like a, a checklist inside of there. So then I can mark off like, okay, this one is in pre-production. This one has all the files. This one has all the steps. This one has been recorded. This one has been edited um, and all of that on each of my cards as well. So that's awesome. Well, well, Jeff, thank you for going through that. And I hope everyone listening gets a lot out of that because I think there's a little mini master course in how to go about developing some of these things, which is, is awesome. So Jeff, we're going to, we're going to move to a speed round here in just a second. But one of the questions that wanted, we just want to make sure we ask again, uh, Christy Caravan was asking, what interface does Jeff use with his SM7B? Is that, and that's the road. So what was the, the, the uh, so road procaster. So this, but I mean, they have a little plugin, but it goes right into Adobe Audition or Audacity. If you want to just record an Audacity, um, mm -hmm. it just becomes an option, like an audio input in your computer. Um, and so this, this basically plugs into my computer. The Procaster plugs into my computer. And now even in, I don't necessarily need to edit it in Adobe Audition. I could mm -hmm. just on my Camtasia hit record. But it kind of, to me, saves me a step from having to export the audio from Camtasia um, and then edit it inside of Audition to get the noise removal and then bring it back. And so, I mean, that's that's just an extra step that I do, but I, I find that works for me. But that's the Rodecaster, um, Procaster, sorry, the Rode Procaster. Uh, and then the Shure SM7B just plugs right into the back of it. So Perfect. That's great. And... Uh, uh, I have to, I'll have to check those out because I could, my, yeah. my mixer could maybe use an upgrade. I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. I forgot to mention, I want yeah. I do want to mention this. I love Sony cameras. And so we haven't really talked much about the camera, but the Sony camera that I have is a Sony a seven S three. Um, that, that, I mean, you don't need to get that high quality one. I know Matt, you can say the one that you a have. A 6400 Sony a 6400. But I love the fact that it blurs out the background as well. So you don't have people aren't focused on the background as much um, and stuff. So Sony's and they have really good low light quality as well. So absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jeff, before we go speed round, you know, this is a good time to say if people want to find your videos, they want to find your your work. Where should we be going to look to connect with you to find what you're doing? Yeah, the easiest way is to go to learningdojo.ninja. Um, and then there is the blog link up on top and you can see all my previous blog. Um, you could just search on YouTube, uh, learning dojo and it will pick it up. Um, but also my Twitter, uh, I post on Twitter as well. That is, uh, Jeff bat LXD LXD, um, standing for learning experience design. Um, and so Jeff bat LXD, you can follow me there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeff has been doing, I'll just give you a plug, uh, has been doing some fantastic videos about Camtasia. Uh, we're really appreciative of that, Jeff. They look awesome. They they are really informative. So if anyone wants to learn some, uh, maybe not so common things that you can do with Camtasia, I think you just did one about, was it quizzing? Is that, or interactivity? Yeah, yeah quiz questions. I have like how to do like an animated intro. So you're, we're talking about how to do all the different animations. But the quiz questions, one thing I didn't know before I was actually prepping the video is that at the end of the quiz question, you can actually jump them back to a certain point in the video. And yep. I'm like, I, I built uh, an interactive template that does that. And I'm like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, why did I do that? I mean, Camtasia <laughs> already does it. So it's, that was a cool find that I found just last week. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, uh, we're going to jump into what we call our speed round questions. Just for those who may be not familiar with speed round questions, these are meant to be fast, quick answers and questions. And as we learned, they do not have to be one word answers, but we'll try to move through them pretty quickly. So we'll play yeah. the stinger here. Here we go. All right, Jeff, first speed round question. If you weren't making videos to teach people, what would you be doing instead? Um, that's, uh, sorry, this is speed. That's not a good start. <laughs> uh, 
I initially started out in video production, like for, I wanted to create uh, movies. And so that was, you know, and I kind of uh, came from Batman and Heifer, right? I just wanted to do movie production. But beyond that, I also looked into like psychology. I was doing psychology for a little bit. So, and that's why it kind of draw me, uh, kind of drew me to L&Ds because behavior and psychology and learning and other things. So yeah, that's what I would be doing. Oh, I've got a whole conversation with Kev. I'll save for another time, but uh, <laughs> what, what type of psychology? Okay, next question. Uh, and this one actually comes from a guest or from a, a, a per audience member, Christy. Uh, it's very similar to the question I was going to ask. So we're going to go with his though. What's one lesson you've learned that you wish you knew and you wish to tell everyone in video content development? That I wish I knew. Yeah, um, something that you knew early on. That is, that is heavy. Um, I think it goes back to what I was talking about before of like, I don't know. Okay. So it's more of like on camera stuff. Like I was afraid to do on camera stuff. Um, I, I was afraid to, um, I mean like anyone, you're not the most happy with your, your, I mean, physical presence and like I'm balding and, and other stuff. And I've always, you know, I have a long, big head and stuff. So I was like, nobody wants to really see me on camera. Um, but I, what kind of changed my mind uh, was more, and I don't know if this answers your question specifically, but it was more that is that connection with the learner. Um, and so when the learner can see you, and this was a recommendation from you to me, when they can see you and your teaching, um, I think there's a better connection and like easier trust as well that happens. And that's always like, as a teacher, I, I want to be that way. I want to have that connection with a teacher uh, or as with a student. And since I don't virtually see everybody that's watching my videos, um, this is a way for me to at least for them to get to know me and to have that personal connection. So that's, so that's lesson is like, don't be afraid to be on the camera. Like everyone looks different. I mean, everyone struggles with their own self-image and stuff, but it's, if you really want to make that type of connection and those type of videos, don't be afraid to just turn on your webcam or something and, and let people get to know you. Yeah. I find that uh, just doing this weekly, it helps. You just kind of get over yeah. it. Like, yep, that's the way I look up. Uh, yep. I have no yeah, hair. It goes back to that <laughs> practice. Like I hate, I hate watching old videos of myself, especially the older ones. And I still don't like watching myself, but still it's like, I've just gotten used to it. I've just, you know, that's just how I am. I can't physically change who I am, but, um, and what I sound like, but I don't think people care as much as you care. I think you are actually more conscious of that and, um, than other people. And so there's all kinds of people that are on YouTube, all kinds of, you know, look and feel and stuff, but yet they're still popular. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it goes back to more of that, like, don't be afraid to to be on camera. Don't be afraid to share your personality with people as well. So, Absolutely. Well, I love it. So, Jeff, two more questions. One easy, one hard. Well, there might be. It depends. <laughs> Level of difficulty is dependent. Uh, so where, you know, you're doing a lot of content. You're making a lot of content. You talked about how you're when you're out and about, you capture that content in your your little widget. But where do you turn for inspiration? Um. Good question. I I do watch a lot of other YouTube videos. Um, Tom Buck is one of my favorites. Um, he he teaches a little bit on different things than I do specifically, but uh, and I think that's okay. I think that's good to actually watch people who are not in your realm and to see what they're doing. Uh, MKBHD, I believe, if I got that right. I love his videos, his style of videos, and his style of explanations as well. Uh, immensely popular guy on on YouTube as well about all tech stuff. Um, I also, anytime I'm like on a website and I see a good design, I capture that. I take a picture of it. Um, that kind of helps feed some of the design aspects of it. Um, but just you know, getting to know other YouTube channels and getting to know what people are doing. Um, this whole kind of setting up my YouTube thing was done mostly off of like what I've learned from other people doing on YouTube. And that, that was uh, a lot of research and a lot, and I still do that. I still look at what other people are doing and, Oh, I like that. Oh, I want to do that kind of thing. And that's really where I get inspiration. 
Awesome. Well, Jeff, last question of speed round is what's a question you'd like to ask me now for those that don't know, Jeff did actually do an interview with me. So he's asked <laughs> me quite a few questions, uh, be right before learning solutions conference in April. But Jeff, what's a question you'd like to turn the tables on me? I can't because I'm a nerd and because I am because a Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out tomorrow. I want, I just want to ask how excited you are because that's going to be out. Like, what are you most anticipating with tomorrow? So, uh, okay. So this is a, this is a big question. I'm <laughs> going to be really honest here. I have very, uh, I've been trying to temper my expectations because a lot of star Wars has been disappointing. I loved uh, the Mandalorian, Boba, Boba Fett was okay. It was weird. And I was like, well, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But you know, uh, and so I've got tempered expectations, but I I'm just excited that it's taking me back to my childhood and it's, uh, you know, I think pieces of the puzzle that I'm excited to see filled in because there's that gap of what happened. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just, ex I'm excited that, you know what, as a, as someone who enjoys, sci-fi and kind of fantasy fiction stuff like this. It's a great time to be alive, to have so many great options for consumption. Um, and it's like a 10 year old Matt is super nerded out. Like, Oh my gosh. Whereas, you know, a little bit older Matt, much older Matt is like, okay, I'm excited, but I'm not going to get my hopes too high. And cause I want it to be really good. <laughs> yeah, there was a time period of like, you know, I, I always had a Superman. Superman is my favorite character. I had capes. I was, you know, running around like I was Superman. Um, but then it was like, when I got a teenager, I'm like, Oh, I can't do that. It's not cool. And stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, when you get older, you're like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm going to start collecting. You know, I don't run around in a cape or anything, but um, start collecting toys and statues and stuff like that. But as far as Obi-Wan goes, I'll tell you this, like we haven't really beyond Rogue One, in my opinion, we haven't seen Darth Vader be really Darth Vader, like feared, um, you know, Rogue One was awesome because he was like throwing people around and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What I really want out of Obi-Wan is a fight, the, the most epic fight scene between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader uh, actually dressed up like Darth Vader. So it's just, if they can give me that, I will be, I will be a giddy. <laughs> like yeah. so. And just so you know, uh, Jesse, our social media manager who has been helping us out today. Thank you as always, Jesse. She says you wear that Cape, Jeff, just, <laughs> just own it. Just own it. I do. I do have a Cape. My mom gave me a Cape. And so it is hanging up on my wall in my home office. So but I always have I to say wear. whenever I hear someone has a cape, I just say, you know what? I got to go with the Incredibles here. No capes. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank Bye. you so much for joining us today. It's always wonderful to talk with you. Thank you for your awesome practical advice and talking about your gear. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. So everybody go check out Jeff's stuff, learning ninja, uh, learning dot ninja, or at, just search for learning dojo. Go see all of the great content he's creating. You go learn from his videos about Camtasia and other products. You can go learn from just watch his style, watch what he does. And you can see that progression over the two years. We're so grateful for him. As we wrap up today's show, I love Jeff's advice, right? It's about practice. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we just invite you to take some time to practice your skills, whether you're learning to make videos, use images in your communication to have better meetings, whatever it might be, take that time to level up every single day. And we will see you all with a fantastic show. Cassie Labori is coming back. And guess what, guys? We're going to help her make her first video. That will be next week. We'll see you then. Till next time. <laughs>